Good morning, Dave. Morning. <laughs> Could you let all of our listeners know uh, your full name and when you in were in Dana? Well, my name is David Brown. I was in Dana from uh, 1974 to 77. And what was your job in Dana? I was the uh, station logistics officer. And occasionally I got to be the big wheel and act as commander because one of the, the CO was away and the senior, next senior guy lived away out of town, lived away uh, north of, northeast of, uh, or northwest of Saskatoon. What were some of the things you were responsible for with that job? Like what did you do today today? Well, I, I was responsible for all the supply activity that went on and the base transportation. Um, and, of course, everybody seemed to be given a secondary duty of one sort or another, whether it was the president of the mess committee for a while and it was chairman of the school board for a while and um, a variety of other things that the CO would, would farm out to the various staff. Oh, yeah. It, it, was, it was very interesting. Do you remember some of your coworkers' names? Oh, absolutely. Um, I had a secretary there, but I can't remember her last name. Her first name was Tish, and I believe her husband worked up in the Redome somewhere. Uh, she was sort of my lifesaver. She kept me <laughs> on the straight and narrow. Um, I had a, a sergeant by the name of Ronnie Verrill, uh, and another sergeant by the name of Johnny Johnson. Um, Billy Dawes was a corporal who uh, I just recently ran into again. Um, uh, Gabby LaFrance, Ford Marshall, um, Dan McKinnon, um, and then because I, I looked after the transportation department, there were transportation and vehicle maintenance. Okay. There was a guy by the name of Scribner who ran the transport section for me, mm -hmm. and when he left, the fellow by the name of, I believe, Naylor, Lauren Naylor, I think, came in and took it over. Mm -hmm. It was a good group of people. Where were you posted before, Dana? Uh, I came out of Ottawa. I had been in Ottawa for five years, and I worked on the, well, I always kid people on the devil because I worked on the devil program, <laughs> which was actually the development of integrated logistics of the Army, Navy, and Air Force supply systems. Okay. So I sort of became the, the uh, computer whiz for that particular uh, operation. Mm -hmm. Didn't have a clue about computers before I got there and learned a lot since. <laughs> and how was it coming from Ontario to Dana? Do you remember your first day? Oh, <laughs> I, I sort of laughed when you mentioned that you were going to ask about that. I, uh, <laughs> my wife and I, well, my wife worked for Secretary of State and had a good position. And uh, I had been advised I was being posted and a friend of mine over in Treasury Board offered me a good job. So we were sort of hesitant about whether we would leave or, or take the posting. And uh, being the typical good military wife, my wife said, well, you know, you've got 12 or 13 years service. Why don't we just go and let's not worry about what we got here. So we had one son, and we packed up in the car, and off we headed to, uh, to Dana. And uh, being kind of a smart aleck, I decided that we'd 
on the way out, we'd stop and have a look around a bit. So we we ended up stopping in Bruno. Oh, yeah. And the thing I remember about Bruno was there was nothing there except some hitch horse, uh, a post for horses to hitch up to, <laughs> and a few old stores. And while we were wandering sort of the, the drag there, the, the four or five buildings, a terrible rainstorm came down. And uh, it poured rain, no, nothing I'd ever seen before in, in such volume. And uh, so we left. We were going to leave to head out to over to, Dana, to the, the radar base, and I decided we'd take the back road to maybe as a shortcut. It looked like it was a good road. And we went down the road, and as we were going down, came over the crest of the hill, and there was no road left. It was just water. <laughs> yes, washed out roads. I tried to stop, and I couldn't because it was just mud. <laughs> so I thought the next, next best thing I can do is just gas it and hope pray that we get through that that lake on the road <laughs> and we did and we went through it and came out the other side and at that point in time my wife ceased talking <laughs> was in the back seat laughing I couldn't see out of the out of the window so I got out and wiped a little spot off the window and <laughs> drove into Dana and uh, so I went to the supply section and met the guy I was replacing and he said well let's go over and talk to the to the uh, transport people and we went and saw them to see where my furniture was and oh my furniture was going to be a week getting there and there, the uh, trailer wasn't ready yet and so uh, the decision was well you know you might as well just carry on doing whatever you want to do um, because we're not going to be able to move you in for another week so we decided we would head off to Calgary and visit my aunt and go to Vancouver and visit my, my brother mm-hmm. but the, the problem was my wife wasn't speaking to me. Uh, not a word, not nothing. I'd say, do you want to go for dinner? She didn't care whether dinner was dinner or whether it was never coming. She was still violently angry about this stupid trick of mine of going the back road and hitting this, this lake. But anyway, we got through it, we got back and moved into our trailer and uh, enjoyed our three years there. What, what street were you on? Were you in the trailer park? Uh, yeah, we were. Um, I don't remember the street. Um, I was talking to Billy Dawes, and he he tells me that we were in Ward One because they divided apparently to wards. Um, we were about three or two or three houses, three or four houses, straight up from the school in Curling Rink on the on the west side. Okay. I think we were in the third house. Mm-hmm. Did you, uh, did you and your wife get involved with any hobbies or sporting groups or anything like that when you were there? Well, we did we did bowling. Mm-hmm. Did a lot of bowling. Did a lot of um, uh, curling. My son was, I guess he was in grade six or seven, and he wanted to learn how to play golf. So we went to uh, Humboldt and uh, pretty well... In the summer, I would say three or four days out of the week, right after work, we'd head into Humboldt and play golf. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us knew how to play, but we played anyhow. Mm-hmm. Had a good time at it. What was your wife's name and your son's name? My wife's name was Claire, mm-hmm. and my son was Bruce. Okay. 
he played all kinds of sports at the school, of course, and whatnot. Yeah. It was very difficult for him at the school when I was the chairman of the school board mm. because he got treated altogether differently than all the other kids. Mm. And I, the principal was Charlotte Ruth, and I used to say to her, you treat him just like you treat everybody else. He mm -hmm. gets no special attention or anything. Mm -hmm. He buggers up, you, you pound him on and get him back in line. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was it was difficult for him, I think, for, for that period. Do you remember any of the teachers when you were there? Um, unfortunately, other than Charlotte Ruth, I, I, I remember them, but I don't remember their names. Okay. So is there any particular stories or memories you'd like to share with us? Oh my goodness. About your time in Dana? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there's a couple I, I'll tell you about. Okay. Uh, one was, um, and, and maybe people remember, but Madame Sauvain was born and raised in Prudhomme, and she eventually became the Governor General. But at the time we were in Dana, she was a member of Parliament, and uh, the road going up to Prince Albert, he turned off it to go into Prudhomme, and it was about, I don't know, five miles or something. And So I'm uh, the acting CO one night, and I get a phone call from the RCMP saying, listen, we've got a plugged highway, and we need to get in to pick up Mrs. Sauvet because she has to get to, to Ottawa. Now, she wasn't the governor general at that time. She was just a member of Parliament. So he said, uh, is there any way you can maybe help us? And I said, well, we can send out the snowplow, I guess. <laughs> that would be a big help. So got a hold of the warrant officer in transportation, and he arranged to send somebody out with the snowplow. And the snowplow we had was one with a big uh, blade on the front. And uh, so the guy took off and went out down the road, and all of a sudden he came to an abrupt halt with sparks flying and everything, and his, his blade returning, and he'd run into a car that was buried under the, the <gasps> snow. Oh, it's a lot and of snow. Eventually, they got the road clear, and <laughs> but he tore the rear end off this Buick car. And uh, the CO came back from Winnipeg or wherever he had been, and he called me then to the office and said, "When I was away, uh, did you did you have any trouble?" And I said, <laughs> "No, not really." And he said, did you authorize the snowplow to go out and do some work? And I said, "Oh yeah, the the RCMP called," and so I said, "Sure." And uh, he said, well, you know, we have to get a call from the government, the provincial government, for aid to the civil power, and you didn't get that. You sent it out, and they ran into the back end of a car, and now there's a lawsuit about wanting D&D to replace this lady's car. Oh, no. Oh. And it makes for a little bit of trouble. Well, I never heard any more about it anyhow, so <laughs> I got away with it. <laughs> but the interesting thing was about three or four months later, he was away, and again, I got a phone call, and it was uh, just my luck that I happened to be sitting there, and the, uh, there had been a terrible accident at the intersection going into Bruno, and there had been, I think, three cars, and there were about six people injured. And there was only, I guess, one ambulance in, in that area, probably from Humboldt, and they called to see if we had an ambulance. And I said, yes, we do. And could we get the, them to transport some people for us? Uh, we're short of ambulance, and we need to get people into Saskatoon. So I authorized the ambulance to go out. They went out and picked up these people. And I, if I remember correctly, and I, my memory sort of is 
not that consistent at times, but I think I think the passenger that we were taking into Saskatoon passed away en route. And then the consequences were, who authorized this military ambulance to go to pick up this civilian on the highway? Oh, no. Saskatoon. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was me again. And by that time, I had a different CO, and he was he was a little more considerate and said, oh, don't worry about it. We'll, yeah. we'll get it fixed somehow. Yeah. But anyhow, it was quite funny. funny. Mm-hmm. It was a great story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They were something else. The other one that was kind of funny because I guess was I, uh, myself and the medic, we had gone on a couple of drug education courses so that we had somebody who could talk to people who had alcohol or drug problems. And uh, I went to the uh, prison in PA uh, to a conference of some sort, and there were a bunch of druggies in there who were serving some time mm-hmm. and there was one sitting beside me and he said are you're in the air force and i said yes and he said um have you ever been to germany and i said yes and uh, well he said the next time you're there let me know he said i have a package i'd like you to pick up and bring back for me <laughs> i thought oh yeah i'm sure i will <laughs> but those, those things happen did you ever go back to Bruno after your first day? Oh yeah, we well we went there a couple of times later. We went, went to Cudworth and and uh, I I was kind of fortunate because my job required that I I visit all the cadet camps or cadet corps uh, from I guess probably Kindersley uh, North, and so I went to PA and Nicolan and Melfort and a whole bunch of those places. Mm-hmm. And, and the other benefit I got out of being there was because of my my experience with the devil program, I got to go and help the conversion to the new supply system in Yorkton, Alsace, Penhold, Beaver Lodge. You know, I'd go for a week and, and help them get, get organized and set up. So it was a good deal. Like, I, I spent a lot of time away from Dana. Yeah, you got to go off the base a lot. Yeah. And you said you've reconnected with Bill? Yeah, uh, Billy, uh, Billy Dawes. He was, he was one of the bright lights in my view. He, he was involved in everything. He played baseball and hockey and um, every, every sport going, he was involved in somewhere, somehow. And uh, he was a, a really good supply technician. And he, he left in 76. He got promoted. And, um, I sort of lost touch with him. But the other day when we were doing a, a FaceTime uh, call, uh, he said, well, don't you remember I worked for you in Air Command headquarters a few years later? And I said, no, I don't remember that. And he started naming the people that worked there. And, of course, I said, you yeah, know, I, I was there at that time. And yeah, he said, you were in charge of supply for Air Command. And I said, oh, I must admit, I don't remember you being there. <laughs> Even though, as much as I admired and respected the guy for for his ability and his, you know, his time and whatnot, and then I found out he had he had um, he worked for a company called IMP in Nova Scotia, and then he uh, he left there and went. He he got a job, 
uh, and we joked about it. He became an advisor to the Saudi Air Force. And I said, what the hell would you be able to advise the Saudi Air Force on, Bill? He said, nothing, but they didn't know anything anyhow, so it didn't matter. <laughs> but he spent 13 years over there, and uh, he ended, he's now living in the Philippines. Oh. And where are you now, Dave? I'm in Calgary. Calgary, okay. I came, I was seconded to the Olympics in 86, 86, 87, 88. Mm -hmm. And I stayed here, and then I went out to the base for a couple of years, and then I went. I went back to your command headquarters and uh, for about six or seven months during the first Gulf War and came right back here. Hmm. Do you remember your last day in Dean or when you had to leave? Yes. It was, uh, it was kind of sad but nice. Um, I had been down to Moose Jaw to see my career manager, I guess, about four or five months earlier, and he indicated that... Uh, you know, I would. I thought I would be moving back to going to Air Command headquarters, and I was. I was so positive about it. I bought a new car without air conditioning and whatnot. And uh, when I went down to see him, he said, "Well, I don't know if you're going to go back to Air Command, but he said we're, we'll put out a posting message soon." And a little while later, this posting message came in, and uh, my posting was to San Antonio, Texas. Oh. And that made all the difference in the world of leaving Dana. First of all, I was sad to be leaving, but happy as hell to be going to Texas. Yeah. Um, and so I, that that particular occasion was, a, you know, it was a sad day and a happy day. Yeah. Hmm. I'd like to ask everyone if there's... um. Any particular foods they remember about Dana, or movies, or songs, or TV shows they associated with the place? Um, yeah, I, su I suppose um, one of the one of the songs that sort of came, well, there are two came to mind. The first one was because my wife gave up her career in the, in the federal government to move there. It was a song by around I think the. I think it was the same year we went there. It was Captain and Camille, like, uh, I think it was Love Will Keep Us Together or yes. something. Uh -huh. Which was a nice, catchy tune, and I we enjoyed it. And then, of course, uh, being a Southern Alberta kid, uh, Rhinestone Cowboy by Glenn Campbell, uh -huh. of course, was a favorite. Good song. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything yeah. else you wanted to share with the listeners about your time in Dana? Um. Well, I learned a lot. Um, um, the other one, Billy Dawes and I were just talking about it the other day, was uh, I had two, two different COs. The first one was a guy who believed in UFOs, mm -hmm. and uh, he was a good guy. And, and uh, when he was being, shortly before he was going to be posted to Ottawa, uh, we held a, he held a uh, formal dinner. And he invited a couple of a, a member of parliament from Humboldt. Uh, I think he, had, I think it was uh, Otto Lang. I think he had been minister of national defense. I'm not sure. And uh, a friend of Otto Lang, by the name of Frosty Friesen from Humboldt, who I think was running for the provincial NDPs or something. Anyhow, uh, this particular CO had come from Germany to Dana, and he was a great lover and believer in fine quality German wines. 
and uh, so he wanted a special wine for the head table, and uh, he wanted me to go and get it in Cudworth. But when I went up there to get it, I found out that it was really expensive compared to what the average person would drink in terms of a wine. Mm -hmm. And so I went to the the major who was Harry Kikiri, who ran the the radomes up the hill, and I said to him, uh, "What am I going to do?" And he said, "Listen, when when we have a dinner like that, everybody gets together and has a cocktail before, and after they have a couple of drinks, they don't know the taste of wine." He said, buy the cheap wine that we all drink and take those empty bottles that, that the CO had brought back or gave us in the mess, the German bottles, and, and fill them full of this cheap wine and put them on the head table. <laughs> and the rest of us just put the cheap wine in decanters. Uh -huh. So that's what I did, thinking, well, if I got caught, I'm going to blame Harry Carey for it. Well, I didn't get caught, and it went over... And I was thanked by everybody there for the wonderful wine selection <laughs> at table. <laughs> and, yeah, I was sort of the, the local hero as far as the CO was concerned. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then he, it, it got to the point where he was leaving, and um, the same Harry Kikarik said, well, why don't you tell the CO about the wine? And I said, the wine? He said, yeah, you remember the wine we had for the dinner? And I said, I'm not getting involved in that one. <laughs> but he told him the story that it was the regular wine. He said, no, it wasn't. He said it was a good quality wine. The stuff I asked Dave to get, and he got it. <laughs> well, he never did know that it was cheap stuff. Oh, <laughs> oh I meant to ask, um, where did you work on the base? Was it, like, up on top of the domes? or? No, no, it was... Uh, from the base headquarters, you came out and went to the to the right. There was the engineering section, and right beside them was the supply and transportation section. Okay. That's where you were? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's yeah. great listening to all your stories today. <laughs> well, it was, a, it was a good time. I was, I was shocked when I saw the thing on... Um, the podcast on various people, and I, I re the only one I recognized was Chuck Arnold, Arnson. Uh -huh. Chuck was a driver, and then he, became, he took over the the transportation traffic department. And you remembered him? Yeah, I remember Chuck. Yeah, <laughs> the guy. Yeah. Is there anyone in particular you're still looking for or want to find? Um, not not particularly. Okay. Um, I was very, I was very happy when I found Billy Dawes. <laughs> uh, most of the others, uh, Billy Dawes has, has got a, a wonderful memory. He, uh, he remembers uh, probably 80% of the people there during our time. Mm -hmm. And, and somehow or another, he sort of kept track or he heard about a, a lot, you know, a lot of them passed away. Um, but he does know of a, of a number that are still around. So he's been updating you. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's quite good. Well, thanks for chatting with us today. Well, it was my pleasure, and thanks very much for the opportunity. <laughs> I wish you luck on your uh, efforts here. Thank you. Yes, if you know anyone else that's interested, just please send them my name. I'm going to uh, try and convince Dawes to, to do this.
Oh, great. <laughs> because he would be able to uh, give you a list of stories that uh, many people would remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I will do. Okay. Have a good day. Thank you very much, Tanya, and all the best. You too. Bye, Dave. Stay safe. Bye. Bye-bye.